Well, howdy, Huda Thunkers. This is Zeb, your host of the Huda Thunkin' Podcast, as always. This is Season 2, Episode 23 of the Huda Thunkin' Podcast, and it is titled Achoo, A-C-H-O-O. But before we get into why I called it Achoo, this episode's recommendation segment is for mead. Now, mead is wine made from honey. It is the oldest form of alcoholic beverage. According to researchgate.net, the earliest archaeological evidence of mead production dates back 7,000 years. Mead tastes amazing and is one of the simplest alcoholic beverages to make. A few weekends back, I decided to I decided I wanted to have a mead during my Memorial Day celebrations. The bottle I picked was made by Chaucer's. That's C-H-A-U-C-E-R-S. Um, they're not paying me to say this. I just thought it was a pretty cool product. It came with a note on it saying it goes really well with IPA beer. One fourth part or one quarter of the drink that you mix is Chaucer's, Chaucer's, I don't know how you pronounce it, and three quarters of it is a bitter IPA. So you're mixing mead with IPA beer. I thought that was nuts, and you know, how could that even taste good? I don't know. But I mixed them, and it was superb. I loved it. I loved the taste. The sweetness of the mead lessened the bitterness of the IPA while also bringing out some of the more hidden IPA ingredients. Mixing mead and beer is called braggot, or aka bracket, or bragot, or bragot. Um, but braggot was popular among Viking communities especially. Mead used to be very expensive, while ale was less expensive. So drinkers would used to mix the two in order to get the sweet mead taste without having to shell quite as much money. According to most of my friends and family, Braggot isn't for everyone. (laughs) But a lot of my friends, you know, they didn't like it. But I loved it. Just be careful. Mead has somewhere between 10 to 15% alcohol content, and IPAs usually have somewhere between 6 to 9% alcohol content. Mixing the two together makes a powerful drink and it will put you on your butt before you know it so sip slowly enjoy it mead is the the reason for the term honeymoon Um, mead was a special drink irish newlyweds used to be given a bottle of mead on their wedding night and were meant to drink it for one full moon cycle afterwards that is where the term honeymoon comes from so if you are of age go out and get yourself a bottle of mead and If you are feeling even more adventurous, mix it with a strong IPA. So, now for the main event. This week, I wanted to do an episode about the autosominal dominant compelling helio-ophthalmic outburst syndrome, which, when made into an acronym, spells ACHU. And, you know, it's a shorter version to say that is the photic sneeze reflex. It's what happens when you sneeze due to bright lights. I have this reflex. That means that going from a dark place to a bright place makes me sneeze. The first time I shared this with anyone was in college back in Slippery Rock University. My buddy Shane Whitaker mentioned how annoying it is that he sneezes every time he goes outside. Everyone else in the room had no idea what the heck he was talking about except for me. And side note, one of the reasons I wanted to bring up Shane, that is a true story, but one of the reasons I want to bring up Shane is because I'm going to his wedding this weekend. I'm very excited to see my good friend start his, you know, this next part of his life, this next chapter. So I'm excited for that. And weddings are awesome. But up until that moment, I thought bright lights made everyone sneeze. And Shane thought he was the only person in the world that had that sort of reflex. So he thought he was super unique. I thought everyone had it. It's not the case. Um, that's pretty, but it's pretty common though. Everyone I've come across and I've told them about this photic sneeze reflex, everyone either has no idea what I'm talking about because they don't have it, never heard anyone who did, or they thought it was some super unique thing 
and that they were like the only person, the chosen one, to sneeze at the sun. Or they thought, oh, I thought that happened to everybody. But no, it's a thing.、Um, <clears throat> and you know, great minds have pondered reasons and implications of the photic sneeze reflex for thousands of years. In the third century BCE, Aristotle hypothesized in his book of Problems that the sun creates enough heat inside the nose that sweat forms and triggers the sneeze. But that turned out not to be totally true. In the twentieth century, Sir Francis Bacon wrote how Aristotle's hypothesis couldn't be right because when his eyes are closed, the photic sneeze reflex isn't triggered. Pretty simple way to test that out: just close your eyes. So it's not the heat we don't think. With this information, Sir Bacon deduced. Bacon deduced the reflex most involve or must involve the eyes. You know, it has must not be the nose. So it's got to be some of the eyes. If they're closed, it doesn't. You don't sneeze. But if your eyes are open when you come out to the sun, then you then you do sneeze. So has to do with the eyes. Also, I'm not just going to glance over. His name is Sir Francis Bacon, Sir Frank Bacon. Great name. Anyway. <clears throat> Sir Francis Bacon in the 20th century hypothesized that perhaps the eyes water and moisture from the eyes trickles down to the nose, where the sneeze is triggered. But it turns out that process of eyes watering and pooling up enough moisture to stream down your face takes much longer than the immediate photic sneeze reflex. Plus, there's no evidence that tears cause sneezing. That's kind of malarkey. So Derek Muller from the YouTube channel. Uh, Veritasium. He's a very cool YouTube channel. Check it out. I used his video,、uh, used his channel a lot making this podcast.、Um, but anyway, Derek Muller from the Veritasium YouTube channel hypothesized that perhaps the reflex is an evolutionary trait, which I thought was interesting. When we sneeze, we are expelling tons of dangerous bacteria that can grow and thrive in dark places. Right. So he thought that maybe our cave-dwelling ancestors benefited from only sneezing when they were were outside the cave. To sneeze where those potentially harmful bacteria would be killed by UV rays. So it's evolution. Instead of sneezing in the cave where all those bacteria can grow and kill your family, you wait till you go outside, sneeze, and they die. So maybe that makes sense. But Derek ended up throwing out his own hypothesis when he said there would be a much larger percentage of, pop- of the population with the reflex if that were an evolutionary thing. You know, the fact is that somewhere between 18 to 33 percent of the world population has the gene that makes your brain think it needs to sneeze when it actually all it needs to do is make your pupils constrict. So the trigeminal nerve. So this whole constricting of the eye. How does your pupil pupils constricting have to do with the sneezing? Well, think about it. Bright lights make your pupils sneeze, right? And there's wiring in your brain. There, the trigeminal nerve. So the largest. It's the largest cranial nerve. It's responsible for most of the feeling in your face. If someone say all, but I'm not a. It's feeling in your face is what the trigeminal nerve does. It does the eye, does the nose, does the mouth. The three branches of the trigeminal nerve are hard to pronounce. So is the trigeminal nerve. But I'm going to do my best. There, there is the ophthalmic branch that goes to the eye, and the other branch that involves this photic sneeze reflex that's relevant to our discussion today is the maxillary nerve that goes to the nose. I don't know what the mouth one is because it doesn't matter. We're not talking about that. The current theory is that the intense signal being sent from your brain and eye,、uh, the ophthalmic nerve, causing your pupils to constrict, crosses over to the maxillary nerve. So, the signal being sent that your eyes need to constrict, your pupils need to constrict, 
hops over from the eye nerve, we'll call it, to the nose nerve, you know, the ophthalmal and the maxillary. They sort of cross wires, right? The current theory is that the intense that intense signal triggers your nose to sneeze when really it just needs to make your, your pupils constrict. In layman's terms, us sun sneezers have our wires crossed in our face nerves. So the crossed wires hypothesis is the best the medical community could come up with for quite some time, but there's no solid solid evidence to like support that in, until recently, that is. So I have a couple pictures up on my blog of the trigeminal nerve. Really cool pictures. I love medical journal pictures, like the old school ones. They're really cool artists that drew them. So check that out. Genetics have done the crossed wires hypothesis some good, basically. Genetics have pinpointed the gene responsible for the photic sneeze reflect, and it fits very nicely with the crossed wires hypothesis. Located on the second chromosome, there is a single letter representing a gene. For non-sun sneezers, sun, sun sneezers, this letter is a T. But for us circus freaks going around sneezing at the giant flaming ball in the sky, that letter is a C. Hmm. Interesting. So if you're listening to this and you're like, what is he talking about? Do people really sneeze at bright lights? Yes, we do. We exist. Please, you need to recognize us. But you probably have a gene. That gene is a T. But for me, I do sneeze at bright lights. You can ask my fiance. It's weird. And some people are like, what is that guy doing just staring at the sun? I'm waiting to sneeze. I need to get it out. Anyway, that letter, that gene letter is a C for me because I, I'm a sun sneezer. This was discovered by the company 23andMe. Once again, they're not paying me to say this. I just know about them. My sister used them to figure out her ge- genetics. Found out that we're, I'm like one of the highest percentage of Neanderthal people. But 23andMe, they got about 10,000 people to go online and fill out that if they had the reflex or not, if they had the photo sneeze reflex they filled that out hey no i have it or or yes i have it or no i have no idea what you're talking about then those 10,000 same participants submitted their dna by like spitting in a little tube and mailing it back to them um i don't know why i thought they'd have to pee in it to get their dna you could just spit in it <laughs> duh anyway but they spit in the tube and they sent it back the data was analyzed and they found that the one letter of DNA had the most significant correlation with how the participants answered their photic sneeze questions. So they found out letter C's have it, letter T's in this one gene do not. So pretty cool that a just a company did it, you know, not a government scientist or whatever. But why? Why did it take thousands of years to figure this out? They just figured this out in like 2010, 23 and me. They haven't been around that long. Well, scientists try to focus on important problems like curing AIDS or cancer and a lot of other things, but not figure out why some people sneeze at lights and others don't. While some people were curious as to why some of us sneeze at lights and others don't, the scientific community was fine with keeping that harmless question on standby for pretty much ever. They weren't probably going to get to it. But a company who just likes to market themselves and maybe market themselves to sun sneezers, 23andMe, had no problem doing it. So I kind of like that. You know, it's America. We, we have like the free market. Sneezing isn't really that harmless unless you are doing open heart surgery or operating some complex vehicle. Side note, sun sneezes have almost made me crash my car like three different times. It's, it's kind of terrifying. You're driving down the highway at 80 miles per hour. I tend to speed a little bit, five to 10 over the speed limit all the time. And having the sun just peek over the horizon because I do some late night driving sometimes or did. Sun comes over, you're about to sneeze, you're driving 80 miles per hour, you have to make a turn, and it's terrifying. I've almost crashed a few times, no lo- no joke. And they say this is real big for aviators, for air, air 
airplane pilots with their aviator sunglasses. But anyway, that's my episode on sneezing. I'm a sun sneezer, and I'm particularly not particularly proud of it, really, because it's just a thing. Uh, but I'm not I'm certainly not ashamed of it. I'm a sun sneezer. It's how it goes. But thanks for listening, Huda Thunkers. <laughs> I hope you like my stupid little episode on sneezing because it's fun. And I did a um, public presentation, public speaking presentation about it when I was in college. Put it up on Facebook. And shout out to my buddy Shane. Can't wait to be at your wedding this weekend. And um, he's a sun sneezer too, by the way. So anyway, thanks for listening. Until next week, guys. Catch you later.